You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil. I'm sitting here with Jeff. How are you today? I am well. How are you? I'm doing well. And Matt, you're coming to us uh, from the East Coast. How are you doing today? I'm still doing good here on the East Coast. We haven't mentioned it yet on this episode. <laughs> we haven't. Well, we have to mention it every episode. I know you do. We it's do the not. moment I leave. Is That's the East I'm Coast <laughs> the best coast, Matt? You've lived on both coasts, or is it too early to tell? Least coast. Oh, it's the least coast. Okay. Hopefully. So far, because I haven't seen much coast. Oh, that's true. So I mean, you're not, you're not of, saying I'm, it's, I'm it's less better yeah. than every other coast. I just saw more coast on the West Coast. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, and uh, Ken isn't here today. Uh, Where's Ken? Unfortunately, uh, so if you're a Chicago Bears fan, which uh, a lot of us here are, um, this is their season opener today. Uh, it's September oh, 11th. He's a tight end, right? Uh, yeah. He, well, he was going to be a tight end, but um, they put in brand new grass, the Bermuda grass, and it's flooding today because of the rain. So Ken is there with a squeegee trying to help the guys out. Oh, good for him. Yeah. So I don't know if it's going to do anything, but if anyone gets hurt uh, today, you can blame it on Ken. Um, but we have uh, some very special guests. I really hope nobody gets hurt because that <laughs> this is not going to age well. I, I hope no one does too. I mean, I just I I don't really trust the field over there, so we'll see what happens. Um, well, we have a, a special uh, group of guests here uh, joining us today. Uh, our first guest is going to be hosting today's game, put it together for us, which we are super appreciative of. Coming to us from Atlanta, Georgia, Anna Savage, superstar on Patreon. Anna Avado, how are you, Anna? I'm doing really great. I'm. Super excited to be here, and um, I just thanks for the invite. Of course. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe how you got into the show, and, and what we have in store for us today. So I am from Atlanta, Georgia. Well, I've been here 20 years, so I say I'm from Atlanta. I'm originally from Memphis, Tennessee, but moved around a lot. I'm a labor union organizer and representative for the second largest union in the country. Uh, I'm a big old nerd. I do a lot of... Uh, tabletop gaming. I play magic. I do D and LARP. Um, so uh, I'm a poker player and a cigar and bourbon aficionado and a <laughs> wannabe trivia buff. So I found you guys actually um, l- researching podcasts about Star Trek, and <laughs> then I found your Star Trek episodes, and then I just got hooked listening to everything so that's that's kind of how i end up ended up here with you awesome. guys 
That's great. Well, yeah, thank you to, to our friend Matt Kirk for helping us with those episodes and bringing you aboard. And uh, as far as uh, LARPing, or I'm assuming maybe you do some cosplaying as well, Any, a favorite uh, character or anything like that that you love love doing? Um, Probably the best cosplay I ever did was I did a female version of the comedian from Watchmen. Okay. And it was, I, it was, it was awesome. Um, that, or I taught myself how to sew by making Jawa costumes. Uh, literally, I didn't know anything about sewing. I bought a sewing machine and sat and taught myself how to sew, uh, and made Jawa costumes for me and my partner, one of my partners, um, for like a week. And they were awesome oh that's great that's literally how i taught myself how to sew so we'll have to get some pointers because maybe uh for one of our future wagers here uh maybe the winning team will get to dress as as jawas uh we'll see and make and then record an entire episode as jawas (laughs) you literally are completely covered so if anyone has uh claustrophobia you might it, it might be a trigger. <laughs> well, that, that sounds like fun. Well, thank you so much for putting together uh, today's game. We really appreciate it. Uh, and uh, partnering with Matt today uh, is a special guest. We've been trying to get him on the show for a long time, and um, he's got such an inspiring story. We watched uh, the entire uh, uh, journey that he went through and uh, just so uh, inspired that he's a listener and just happy that we're able to hopefully maybe provide some some content that uh, puts a smile on his face. But coming to us from New Madrid, Missouri, uh, Oakland Five supporter on Patreon, Pete Hogan, thank you so much for being here. Oh, I'm happy to be here, guys. I appreciate uh, what you all do for us. They give us the entertainment weekly and bi-weekly and everything you all put out and the entertainment factor. Uh, I don't remember. I, I assume I've listened to every show. I went back and caught up after the hospital stay even. But uh, I do remember uh, being in the hospital bed and uh, hearing you all break in and you know, tell everybody to pray for me and stuff. And that, that was really moving. I'm not going to act like any different thing happened. I mean, it brought tears to my eyes that you all uh, took your time out to, you know, dub over and, uh, you know, mention, mention me in that. And I do appreciate that greatly. Uh, I, I think I've been around from the beginning when you all are starting, you know, advertising on the other podcasts and everything else. And just, uh, I'm really happy to be here and play you all. Your trivia is fun. The snarkiness, it's like playing with, you know, my regular trivia buddies, you know, where you just poke fun and make fun, you know, or come up with a silly answer, making fun of somebody. You know, it's not just all serious. You know, it's a good, joyful time. Well, thank you for saying that. Uh, yeah, we get all of our snark from Matt, uh, <laughs> who's going to be your, your partner today. And and uh, and I know you have a special team name today. I don't know if you want to just give a little uh, quick background about that and why it's why uh, what your team name is called and why it's called that. Uh, well, this time last year, I was uh, laid up in the hospital. I had uh, had a heart attack in the uh, end of August. And fast forward a little bit, right before Labor Day last year, I coded in the hospital for two hours. Uh, I took 14 paddle shocks and um, brought me through. And uh, a little while later, they put a device in me. It was doing good. They take it out. I coded again for 40 minutes this time. Uh, so now what I basically have attached to me is uh, it's called an LVAD unit. And I walk around. And I look like I'm a, a bomb strapped to me. I've got... Uh, Eight pounds of batteries in a control unit. I'm hooked to power 24-7, be either batteries or 
a wall unit. And that uh, LVAD takes the blood from the left side of my heart, puts it over to the right side of my heart, and the right side of my heart pumps it out to the rest of my body and back again. Uh, eventually, I will get a heart transplant, but as long as this works, I'm good to uh, uh, live like this. You know, you make a few adjustments in life, but you learn that above above ground is way better than below it. And so when I got the hospital bills in and looking around and everything, uh, the closest total I could come to was uh, $4.5 million is what the raw bills were, uh, what they cost. Uh, insurance, discounts, everything else, I didn't owe that much. So Today, Mind and Matt's team name will be the $4.5 million men. All right. So that means, Matt, you are you are worth nothing today, except to be, <laughs> to be a good team member. It's part for the court. <laughs> so we're excited about that. Jeff, um, what would you like to be today as our, our team name? Yeah, I think um, I think in comparison, um, we're going to have to just be the, like the .001 million men. All right, which means what we're worth about a thousand dollars. Yeah, I think that's about all the. All right, about I mean, all the work I've had done. So I guess listeners, if you just want to get rid of us, I guess just pay us a thousand dollars and that's it. So, uh, awesome. Well, uh, we're super excited for uh, today's game, and uh, let's uh, let's hear the rules so we can play. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. I am the cream, yeah, the cream of the crop. Very interesting uh, rules read today. It's from someone that we've never heard from before. Uh, and uh, I don't know, it was either Kermit the Frog or uh, Boris Yeltsin. I don't know. Um, I can't really Boris tell. Boris Yeltsin's on Cameo? <laughs> well, we're not was. sure. He was. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, Anna, we are super excited for your game. Feel free to take it away. We'll keep score over here and uh, let's see how it goes. Great. So I told you guys that I found this game uh, or your podcast through researching Star Trek podcasts. And I'm a huge Trekkie. And so while this game uh, doesn't have specific Star Trek questions, it is themed after Star Trek. So first question is Kirk. Kirk is a Scottish word for church more specifically for the Church of Scotland, which separated from the Roman Catholic Church in 1560 during the Protestant Reformation. What Christian denomination is practiced in the Kirk? If you're unsure, ask John Knox. It's not Johnny Knoxville. No. That's not, like, there's not a jackass denomination. Oh, there's plenty be. of jackass <laughs> denomination. <laughs> Well, <laughs> there might be. <laughs> yeah, that's stuff that doesn't make it hair. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. So I, I think Presbyterian's a good guess. So. Yeah, we'll just throw it out there. Um. Well, you know what? I think in in Roadhouse they mentioned the uh, Presbyterians. Uh, Emmett mentions them. So let's go with Presbyterian. Okay, we are going to go Presbyterian. So points for both teams. It is right. Presbyterian. And John Knox, I heard both of you talking about, well, I don't know who that is. Uh, John Knox is the founder of 
the Presbyterian oh, denomination. That's so. why it sounds familiar. Okay, yeah. Though not a fictional <laughs> character. The, the great, great grandfather. Of he Knox. might have been a jackass <laughs> like Johnny Knoxville. We don't really know. I didn't know him. You're right. <laughs> I'm John Knox. Welcome to the Church of Presbyterianism. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so question two Spock. Dr. Benjamin Spock was an American pediatrician and is best known for his book, Baby and Child Care. Spock attended Yale and studied literature and history. While there, Spock participated in what sport that was one of the original sports in the modern Olympic Games? He was so successful, he made the 1924 U.S. Olympic team that won the gold medal at the 1924 Olympics. This sport was also the first intercollegiate sport held in the United States. So what is the sport that he won gold in? Okay, we are locked in over here. We'll let you guys talk it out. Oh, they locked in quick. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) um, You know, thinking modern Olympics, uh, collegiate sports in 1924, I don't know how much, maybe it's golf. Do you think it could potentially be a golf thing? I mean, golf is wasn't the Olympics. Oh, wait, when did it? It just came back, you know, I guess eight years ago. Yeah. But I don't know when the last year before that was. And being it, she did say team. Right. And to my knowledge, golf is not a, well, okay, in this iteration of golf, yeah, it's not a team so sport. You're right. Um, so, like, I don't know if it's a a relay event. What about, um, um like, a rowing or? There could be rowing. Uh, yeah, I mean, rowing would be a good, a good guess. It feels uh, like Yale's got a lot of boats. I feel like that could be. Well, yeah, that, you know what? Going off Yale, let's go. Let's just lock in with rowing. Sounds good to me. Yep. We lock in with rowing. Well, we, we heard Yale and we heard 1924 and we kind of imagined uh, handsome Dan inside a boat, uh, you know, smiling. And uh, we said rowing. So, uh, t- points for both teams. Wow. Excellent. The sport was rowing. Awesome. <laughs> We're off to a good start. Yeah. Two blind guesses. So, question number three, bones. The average adult human body has 206 bones. However, as Leonidas may tell you, we are born with more bones than we end up with. As a baby progresses through childhood, many of those bones will fuse together, which means the actual number of bones will decrease. How many bones are the average human born with? We can lock in. All right. Oh, wow. Jeff's the bone man. Talk about warp speed. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember. Uh, three, 300. 300. Yeah. Yeah, 300. Locked yeah. in. Um, I had a feeling it was around that number, but she said you'd ask Leonidas and, uh, this is Sparta. So we said 300 points for both teams. <laughs> it's 300. That's crazy. <laughs> wow. That was a great, uh, great clue on your end there too, but you both just guessed on that 300. I mean, I've known it. My daughter will tell me all the time about, you know, the number of bones and stuff like that. When she learns things, she's 10. <laughs> things that are just little things that ten you know, just tell you things. I feel right. like that was are the last time I knew a, a lot. Fifth grader, right? <laughs> yeah, great clue she in is there. In fifth grade. <laughs> All right. So, question number four, um, Scotty. 
two Americans embark on a hunting trip in Scotland and discover a quaint magical village that only appears for a day once every 100 years. This is the plot of what MGM musical. The title is also the name of the village. And no, Stewie, it's not Ralph from Happy Days. We can lock in over here. Okay, so me and Pate are discussing, and we are we, there's not much to discuss because we don't know anything about this. So we're going to lock in with the wonderful musical The Six Million Dollar Man starring Steve Austin. That sounds like a great musical, especially if they recast it with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, we, uh, we knew this one right away. I knew it cause Colleen was in it, uh, and I've seen it before, but I've seen the movie as well. And, uh, in a bad Scottish accent, Brigadoon. That's what we locked in with. <laughs> and points to one team. It is Brigadoon. And my family guy reference is because there's a whole episode where that is parodying, uh, Brigadoon. Uh, and it's hilarious. Uh, it's a hilarious episode. Um, with Ralph from Happy Days. Mm. So, <laughs> never heard of it, so don't feel bad about that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so moving on um, for question number five Chekhov. From 1948 to 1989, the country formerly known as Czechoslovakia was part of the Soviet bloc. In 1989, as communist governments all over Eastern Europe were dissolving, the Czechoslovakian people smoothly defabricated their government in a revolution that was called the what revolution? We are going to go ahead and lock in. Oh, man. One of you guys is 100% on all of these, but it goes back and forth, so I can't wait for the movie question next. Um. Uh, <laughs> smoothly, smooth, you're smooth as silk. You're, uh... oh, okay. Is that a name of a thing? Well, I mean, I don't know if it's the name of a thing or not, but I mean, she said it went smoothly. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I don't know what else. It's is smooth things, though. Smooth Finger, criminals. You know. Smooth. I don't know what else, actually. Well, defabricated and fabric. Silk is a fabric. Silk. Yeah, I think I think we're gonna go with the silk revolution. I think you guys are on to the right track, but I kind of remember this being called the velvet revolution. So that's what we locked in with. So points to one team. All right. It, it was the velvet revolution, oh. <laughs> but you were on the right track. Um, you were very very close. So um, we'll get there. Good deducting there. Well, it uh, looks like after five questions, uh, team $4.5 million men are at 30, respectable, and uh, team .001 million men uh, are betting perfect. I don't know if we're going to continue to prosper if you get my drift for the rest of the game, Jeff, um, but we're at 50 points right now, and uh, I was telling Jeff when he wrote down Velvet that, uh, like George Costanza, we both want to be uh, wearing or be draped in velvet if it's socially acceptable. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> there you go, Matt. A little signful reference for you. I think you guys would look awesome in velvet. Thank you. Velvet for everyone. <laughs> so uh, moving on to question six, Jean-Luc. Jean-Luc Godard was a pioneer of the 1960s French New Wave film movement and is arguably the most influential French filmmaker of the 20th century. His most commercially successful film was titled Contempt. Who was the famous French actress 
who starred in that film? Uh, we can lock in. Surprise, surprise. Matt, are you, uh, are you uh, a soothsayer over there calling a film question like that? I yeah. thought it was hilarious when he was like, next we're going to have a movie question. Yeah, I am. I can see the future, but I can't do anything about it. It's my curse. Um, <laughs> Ooh, that's an interesting superpower. <laughs> that was uh, the plot to early edition, wasn't it? Or maybe he was supposed to do something. Oh, no, he got know. the paper and he tried to change the world. Oh, you know. Gary did yeah. his best with the cat. Yeah, and then, right. Um, yeah, I've got no. I don't know. I, you could. You don't know any French names on a board, and I wouldn't be able to name a French actress. Oh, uh, Gal Gadot sounds French, and she was in that nineteen sixties movie. <laughs> there you go. Wonder Woman, never ages. Amazing. Yeah, we locked in with Gal Gadot. Uh, so they went with uh, Gal Gadot. Um, sounds close. Yeah, it's very, very close, actually. It rhymes. Uh, this is uh, one of France's, um, I guess, cinematic bombshells, uh, for lack of a better term. But uh, Brigitte Bardot is who we locked in with. And points for one team. It's Brigitte Bardot. Mm. See, that's <laughs> my actual superpower is I can see the future, but only in rhymes. And that doesn't, actually, <laughs> that doesn't help at all. At least I've heard of that person. Yeah, I would, I would pay a $15 matinee to see that movie. I had uh, oh matinee. That's so. <laughs> I had a uh, film school PTSD as soon as you were like John Luke Gardner. I was like, no, no. <laughs> so luckily, I knew it. Okay, so moving on to question seven, Will. Will Wheaton has had quite a bit of commercial success with movies like Stand by Me, TV shows such as. Star Trek The Next Generation and The Big Bang Theory, uh, voice acting roles in Teen Titans, and an audiobook narrator narrating such titles as Ready Player One. He also had a recurring role on an amazing sci-fi channel series that aired from 2006 to 2012. What was the name of the show? And for five bonus points... What was the name of the character that he played? All right. I think we are locked in. Okay. So they're locked in, Jeff. Uh, this one's a little confusing because I the only shows I really watched on sci-fi were the makeup show Face Off, but which I know he wasn't on that. Uh, it was a reality TV show. And uh, my first college roommate was obsessed with a show called Farscape, but I believe it had been on the air for many years before my freshman year. So it's definitely not that. So I'm not sure if you have any other ideas. Yeah, thinking about it, um, I want to say Eureka is another one. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I used to watch Eureka all the time. That totally was on. Was that Sci-Fi or USA? I think it was Sci-Fi. It's hard for me to remember the difference, honestly. Sometimes between those two, I yeah. don't know why. Two thousand six, two thousand twelve. Does that make sense time-wise? Yes, because I watched all of Eureka. Now that I, I always forget when it aired, but yeah, I think I think Eureka would make sense. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to go with that? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, that's what we're locking in with. Mm, yeah, when I was in Los Angeles, I wrote um, a trivia round based on the state and around their state motto, Eureka. And I believe that's the answer to this question. So we said Eureka. So points for both teams. It nice. is Eureka. Um, it sounds like neither one of you took a guess to the name <sighs> of the character uh, that Rob. he played for the extra just, bonus questions. Just, just Rob. That's what we said. <laughs> just anymore. Rob. Okay, so uh, the character that Will Wheaton played was Dr. Ira Isaac Parrish. 
Mm, okay. So, and yeah, that was one of my, that's one of my favorite shows of all time is Eureka. So it's really um, underrated show for sure. Absolutely. Very, very good show. So, uh, so glad you guys got that. Um, so question number eight, data. Brent Spiner is famous for his portrayal of the Android data in the Star Trek universe. However, prior to taking up the bench as data from 1985 to 1987, he appeared seven times in a recurring role on what sitcom starring Harry Anderson, John Larroquette and Richard Mull. Jeff wrote down a uh, answer and I agree with him. So we're going to lock in over here. Nice. Harry Anderson, John Larroquette. And I mean, what would did you, did you give the years of the... 85 to 87, so that's got to be Night Court, right? I was going to say, yes, that's Night Court. Yeah, we know our John Larroquette over here. We're, we're locking in with Night Court. Well, I, I don't know my Harry Andersons. I don't think we're <laughs> objecting to that, Jeff. What do you think? No, uh, we sustained the same answer and said Night Court. I love John Larroquette, and it is Night Court, which is a fantastic show. Underrated show. Absolutely. Great. So question nine, Troy. Troy was an ancient city, an ancient city that was the setting for the Trojan War, famously depicted in Homer's epic poems, The Iliad and the Odyssey. In legend, the city of Troy was besieged for 10 years and eventually conquered by a Greek army led by King Agamemnon. If Troy were still standing, in what modern country would it be located? We can lock in. Oh, wow. Uh, and just for the record, uh, Anna, I, initially I thought you were talking about the uh, Will Friedel, Jennifer Love Hewitt classic Trojan War from 1997, but definitely about the war. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, yeah. Well, when you love Jennifer Love Hewitt when you're a kid, you've seen all the movies, good or bad. So that's how I remember that one. Uh, Turkey. Um, yeah, I mean, you're looking at Greece. those, you know, Greece, Turkey, all those in. I mean, Greece is just too obvious. I, yeah, I like turkey. Yeah, I'm I'm more of a ham person myself, but we can lock in with turkey. Yeah, you're quite a quite a bit of a ham. Uh, <laughs> we agree. We said turkey. Points for both teams. I'm also more of a ham person, but this country <laughs> is turkey. Very good. Triviality um, of the podcast where you come for trivia and answers, but you get uh, you get uh, side tangents about nonsense. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so moving on to question ten, the last question before the swing round. Um, this is Wharf. Fisherman's Wharf is one of San Francisco's most popular tourist attractions. It's known for Ghirardelli Square, San Francisco Maritime Museum the Cannery Shopping Center, and it is famous for what pier? If you aren't certain, I'm sure NFL Hall of Famer and Super Bowl MVP Larry Kasanka could tell you. Okay, it looks like $4.5 million men are locked in. Um, so we tried going at it from the angle of Larry Zonka, but not too familiar with that player. I don't know why, but like the first thing that came to mind for me was like Pier 52, but I feel like that car, I'm thinking of Car 52. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. And I, yeah, I don't know the number that he wore. Um, and then I know, I'm sure, I don't know much about San Francisco, but I was just trying to think if there's like a movie reference to this. I'm not sure if this pier was in Vertigo or not, but um, 
I don't know who do you what do you want to go with then? Fifty two. I mean, I don't know who he was. He sounds like a linebacker with a name like that, but I could be way off. Well, that would have been that's a linebackerish number, right? Okay, let's go with fifty two. Ooh, Larry Zonka, actually a fullback. Um, and you're you're on the right track with the numbers, but Pate, what number was Larry Zonka? Thirty nine. So we said Pier thirty nine. Hmm. Points for one team. It is Pier thirty nine. Nice. And Matt, I had to throw in some kind of sports reference for you there, <laughs> because sports is probably uh, the category that I am least good at. So I tried to uh, throw in a sports reference for you there. Well, I appreciate it. And I believe that Pier 52 is actually a seafood restaurant. So I think that's where you might know that number. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. <laughs> Jeff's just hungry. Uh, well, uh, it looks like after the first round here, uh, the $4.5 million men uh, picked up some points in the second half. They picked up an extra 40 points, bringing their total to 70. And we uh, just missed our first question of the whole game. So That's insane. Wow. So we have so we have 90 over here. So we're at 90 to 70 going into the swing round. Uh, and right before we hear uh, what Anna has in store for us, just wanted to thank all of our patrons on Patreon uh, for helping – make the show possible, letting us do a bunch of extra episodes a month and doing all the fun things we get to do, uh, you know, including the support from Anna and Pate. Uh, it's just been fun uh, getting a chance to not only record four main feed episodes a month, which are around an hour long, but getting the uh, main feed bonus and then the two uh, Patreon bonuses. So for a total, I guess, of seven episodes a month that we've been putting out. And we or haven't missed more one. if there's a fifth Tuesday in the month. <laughs> or that, or true, that's true. And uh, in without the patrons' help, we wouldn't be able to um, have the record we've had where we haven't missed an episode yet. Which is, uh, you know, it gets kind of hard. We could go to a repeat or not if Once we need to. Once in a while, to, but... I, you know, I forget to post and we're a day or two behind. But we haven't missed one. We haven't missed one. <laughs> correct. Yes. <laughs> yeah, um, Jeff with his crop drops that come out two months later. Let me see. How it is. Uh, a day or two. Uh, so yep. yeah, just expect some questions about June in the next uh, crop drop <laughs> for October. Um, but uh, no, th thank you to all of our patrons for helping us out. And if you'd like to join uh, Pate and Anna uh, for all those extra audio perks, as well as some other little things uh, here and there, you can go to patreon.com slash triviality podcast. So for the swing round, um, because I have an overall Star Trek theme, um, what I'm going to do is there's been dozens and dozens of famous celebrities who have guest starred on some variation of a Star Trek show. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some roles that these celebrities are famous for. And I want you to figure out who the celebrity is for five points and for an extra bonus point, which series which Star Trek series do they guest star in? So there's a potential of 60 points in this swing round. Um, just for you guys to know, um, the bonus points will be um, the series are the original series, The Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise, and Discovery. I don't have anything in here from Picard, Strange New Worlds, or Lower Decks. Okay. Okay. Just for you guys, just as a helpful. little sidebar. <laughs> yeah, thank you for clarifying that. That'll be helpful. So just as an example, uh, if I give you roles like Trevor, Michael Stearns, Dwight Schrute, the answer would be Rain Wilson, and for the bonus point would be Discovery. Oh, okay. Just as an example. Okay. 
Yeah, I saw so, that, that casting. Um, it was really cool. Yeah, it was great. Harry Mudd. Fantastic. So uh, I'll just get started and uh, I'll start with number one. Claudia Amy March Torrance Shipman. Number two, Wilhelmina Slater, Renee Perry, and for a brief time, Miss America 1984. Number three, Bubbles McGee, Evie Gallant, the Grand Duchess Alexandra of Oxford, Alexis Carrington. Number four, Spencer Strasmore, Maui, Hobbs. Number five, Ed Mercer, Dick Rogers, Brian Griffin. Number six, Lil Rummy, the Caterpillar, Belvedere Ricketts. Number seven, Lois Lane, Susan Meyer Delfino, Sidra Holland. Number eight, former minority leader of the Georgia House of Representatives, 2020 keynote speaker for the Democratic National Convention, and the first African-American woman to deliver a response to the State of the Union address. Number nine, John Cavill, Edward Sheffield, Al Calavici. Number 10, Asher Friedman, Philip Stuckey, George Costanza. Okay, those are all the clues for the swing round. We will uh, mull these over and be right back with our answers. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Well, or call she, the police. Or call the police, like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. 
Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All the answers are locked in from the swing round. We'll see how we did uh, with uh, these uh, celebrity cameos in different Star Trek shows. So, Anna, let's hear those clues one more time and we'll give our answers. Great. So, clue number one, Claudia, Amy March, and Torrance Shipman. So, starting over here, um, the only name we clued in on was Amy March, uh, which we believe is from Little Women. And we couldn't figure out if it was like the Winona Ryder era Little Women or the new one that Greta Gerwig did, which we're not sure which character Amy is. We couldn't remember if it was Winona Ryder, like Kirsten Dunst, Florence Pugh. So we just said Winona Ryder, and we said that it was Next Gen. Uh, It's funny you say Kirsten Dunst, because I believe her character I'm bringing on was named Torrance, and and that's based uh, 100% what I'm basing this on. So we said Kirsten Dunst and Deep Space Nine. So you guys picked up on the Torrance Shipman reference from bring it on the correct <laughs> answer is kirsten dunst oh uh winona Ryder was joe march in um in that rendition of of little women um and actually what's funny is um that one team got original points which was the five points for kirsten dunst but the series that kirsten dunst as a child guest start on was the next generation oh nice so we'll get one point yes oh, one so point do we get the bonus if we don't get the yeah that's yes. the... okay cool oh i mean sure you're already beating us so bad it's take you you know just extend your lead <laughs> <laughs> so number two was will Hamina slater renee perry and for a brief time miss america 1984 as soon as you say miss america neil knows um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. How did we get this one? Uh, so uh, Colleen loves Ugly Betty. I've seen it multiple times with her, and I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, mention Vanessa Williams. So we said Vanessa Williams, and uh, we also want Next Gen on that one. Uh, we too uh, got it off the 1984 Miss America and said Vanessa Williams, and went Next Gen. So it is Vanessa Williams, um, and she guest starred actually on. Deep Space Nine. So, uh, number three, Bubbles McGee, Evie Gallant, the Grand Duchess Alexandra of Oxford, and Alexis Carrington. This one, um, it took us a long time. It took took us the longest out of all of them. Um, I didn't really recognize too much of the names, but Jeff was like, it sounds like a soap opera character, Alexis Carrington. And we were saying soap operas, and we we're like, oh, Dynasty is kind of a soap opera. And we just know the most famous person on Dynasty is Joan Collins. We knew we needed an older uh, actor or actress for the OG um, reference. So we want Joan Collins. Yeah, we were right there with you. We 100% knew it and said Bubbles the Monkey. <laughs> <laughs> it is Joan Collins. I had to uh, pull. Um, from some old school actors and actresses for the original series because the original series aired September 8th of 1966. So uh, folks had to be famous actors at that time to guest star on the original series. But yes, Alexis Carrington, I figured the other ones were deep dives and Alexis Carrington might be the most recognizable character that Joan Collins played. So good job there. 
So number four, Spencer Strasmore, Maui, and Hobbs. Yep. Uh, this was one I knew right away uh, between Maui and Hobbs. And uh, we said Dwayne the Rock Johnson. And we thought maybe he uh, was on Discovery. Oh, we said DS9. Oh, wait. Uh, yeah, you said DS9. DS9. Uh, we also knew it from Maui when you have a 10-year-old and um, Hobbs. So we also said Dwayne Johnson, and we also said Deep Space Nine. So points for both teams for Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Um, however, he was not on DS9. He was on Voyager. So ready for number five. It was Ed Mercer. Dick Rogers, Brian Griffin. This one we just knew from Brian Griffin. We believe that's Seth Green, and we just guessed Voyager. I thought Brian was actually played by Seth MacFarlane, so we said Seth MacFarlane and Voyager. The correct answer is Seth MacFarlane, and um, he guest starred on Enterprise. And if anybody Mm. knows anything about Seth MacFarlane, he's a huge Trekkie. Um, to the point that he created his own sort of uh, parody to honor Star Trek called The Orville. The Orville, yeah. yes. Ah, yeah, The Orville. Yes, and he was on Enterprise. Oh, Brian's the dog. I was thinking it was the brother. Okay, that was my bad. Yeah, Chris and actually, Ed hard. Mercer is his character on The Orville. Oh, okay. So, uh, points to one team, uh, the bonus, neither one of you got. So, uh, moving on to number six, which I think is probably the hardest one, but to me also the most interesting one. Uh, number six, Lil Rummy, the Caterpillar, and Belvedere Ricketts. This one, we we had no idea. I was trying to think of who played the Caterpillar in the uh, TV movie version of Alice in Wonderland. I couldn't remember. Um, and, uh, we just said it was, it was a rapper Lil Yachty. And, uh, we said it was, uh, he was on the original Star Trek, Lil Yachty in the time, time machine. We also approached it from the Caterpillar and, uh, I was, well, in my head, Sammy Davis Jr.'s smile is the Caterpillar in that, um, show. So we said Sammy Davis Jr. and the original. So, uh, Points to neither team. This was Iggy Pop, who is the godfather of punk rock. And uh, he was uh, the caterpillar in Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Um, So, uh, again, that's sort of a deep dive. But the other thing is the, the show that he guest starred in, and he actually had a recurring role because he did more than one time. He was in on DS9. Okay. I d- yeah, I had no idea Iggy Pop was on it. That's funny. Yes. So, number seven, Lois Lane, Susan Meyer Delfino, and Sidra Holland. Yep. Uh, we thought this was Terry Hatcher, and we said uh, Next Generation. Uh, we also thought that this was Terry Hatcher. Um, and then we had Discovery. It is Terry Hatcher. All right. They are real and they are fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> and this was Next Generation. So um, 
points to Neil and Jeff for, or the bonus point to Neil and Jeff for that one. So number eight, former minority leader of the Georgia House of Representatives, 2020 keynote speaker for the Democratic National Convention, and the first African-American woman to deliver a response to the State of the Union address. Yeah, we thought this was Stacey Abrams, uh, and if we're correct, that's super cool. And we said Discovery. We also said Stacey Abrams, but we put uh, DS9 because we had no clue. It is Stacey Abrams, the woman who will be governor of Georgia coming up soon, if I have anything to say about it. Um, And she guest starred in Discovery in the last season finale of the Discovery as the um, basically the president of the um, the Earth planet, so of, of the Federation. So that was such a fun episode to watch and to watch Stacey Abrams, who's a huge Trekkie also. So uh, good job on getting Stacey Abrams and uh, for Neil and Jeff, you got the bonus point for Discovery. Number nine, John Cavill, Edward Sheffield, Al Calavici. Uh, this one uh, we weren't too sure on. Um, the name sounded uh, old school, so we went with uh, original Star Trek just to get some more original in there. And uh, we said this was uh, Vincent Price. Uh, yeah, uh, Al Calavici sounded familiar to me. I thought that was the guy from Quantum Leap because I just saw that they're rebooting it. And uh, Peyton knew that that was Dean Stockwell. So we said Dean Stockwell and original... Uh, Whatever it's called, Enterprise, I guess. So, full points to Matt and Pate, who got Dean Stockwell Enterprise. And yeah, I had to put a, a Dean Stockwell Quantum Leap reference in there because I'm super excited about the reboot for Quantum Leap to see what happens. But yes, Dean Stockwell, he guest starred with his, his, his good buddy from Quantum Leap, um on enterprise so number 10 asher friedman philip stuckey and george costanza this one uh we had to uh mention jason alexander so we said jason alexander and i believe we went with deep space nine we also went with jason alexander but we said discovery it is jason alexander so points for both teams However, he guest starred in Voyager. After the swing round, it looks like both teams picking up some good points there to go into the second round. $4.5 million men are picking up 41 points, bringing their total to 111. And uh, $0.001 million men picking up 34 points, bringing their total to 124. So the game is much tighter than it has been before, and we're excited for the second round. So let's see what we have in store, Anna. Great. So round two, question one. Cisco, before coming to fame in his whole in his solo career in the year 2000 with songs like The Thong Song and Incomplete, hip-hop artist Cisco was the lead singer of what R&B, soul, and gospel group formed in the 1990s? Uh, Neil had this locked in immediately, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, so we, yeah we are, we're locked in. All right. Uh, I'm pretty sure I know what it is, too. Pate, do you know this one? Uh, it's not coming right to me, but when you say it, I know it all. 
Oh, yeah. They did backups on the Wild Wild West song with Big Will and Drew Hill. So yeah, Drew, Drew Hill. Hill. We locked in, uh, not with Dulé Hill of Psych and West Wing fame, but Drew Hill. So we also said the same thing. Points to both teams. It is Drew Hill. So uh, round two, question two, quark. A quark is a type of elementary particle and a fundamental constituent of matter. Quarks combine to form composite particles called hadrons. The Large Hadron Collider is the world's largest and highest energy particle collider. It was built by the European Organization for Nuclear Research, or CERN, to help answer some of the fundamental uh, fundamental open questions in physics. The collider lays in a tunnel beneath the French-Swiss border near Geneva. Within two miles, what is the approximate circumference of the Large Hadron Collider? There's a there's a particle accelerator in Illinois at Fermilab, I believe. Yep. And I know about how big that one is because um, it's a pretty good-sized plot of land. I think that one's like maybe like five or ten miles across. Okay. So I can see this one being like 15. All right. Yeah, it's enormous. It is enormous. Let's go 15 miles uh, circumference. That'll be our locked-in answer. So we were talking and guessed, and, you know, obviously the great game theory says that two miles means it's got to be a low number, and we also said 15. Nice. So points to both teams because it is 17 miles oh, wow. in circumference. <laughs> and so the acceptable answers were between 15 and 19. So both teams gets it. Wow. Wow. That is huge, though. It is. Question, round two, question three, Kira. Academy Award nominated Kira Knightley came to fame for roles in movies like Bend It Like Beckham, Pirates of the Caribbean, Love Actually, and Pride and Prejudice. However, in 1999, at age 14 years old, she was cast in a small role in what Hollywood science fiction blockbuster? We can lock in over here. 1999 was uh, The Phantom Menace. Oh, maybe she was she was a, a pod racer. I don't know. <laughs> we can... Let's go with the, know, but, but the way she's fantasy, small part, whatever. But I mean, oh, yeah. that, let's, let's 1990 do, let's... is definitely uh, the Phantom Menace. All right. Then let's do Phantom Menace. Neil, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, she played the um, she played Princess Amidala, sort of. Right? Sort of. Yeah. I think she was like her double or something yeah, like that. I, I kind of remember her in that role in uh, the Phantom Menace episode yeah. one. So we said the same thing. So points for both teams. It is Star Wars, The Phantom Men Menace. And she was. She was Princess Amidala's handmaiden and played her body double. Nice. Well, I always forget she's in that. I actually just saw yeah, and... the first or, or three, well, episodes one, two, three, um, like within the last year because I had never seen them. You know, I'd heard so many terrible things. I avoided them. They're <laughs> meh. But I had to say and I did it. Funny thing is she never actually spoke during the movie, any any words that she actually spoke was actually Natalie Portman doing her voice. Hmm. Oh, interesting. So she really was just the body double. Wow. 
Okay, so moving forward to uh, round two, question four, Janeway. Jane Austen was an English novelist known primarily for her six major novels, which interpret, critique, and comment upon the British high society at the end of the 18th century. Austen's plots often explore the dependence of women on marriage for social standing and for basic survival. For 10 points, name four of Austen's six novels, and for an additional five bonus points, name all six. Okay, so the other team is locked in. Uh, Jeff, you and I had a discussion. Um, Colleen's directing Emma for the fall play this year, so I knew that one for sure. And then you said the other three, they think that are correct? Yeah, um, I knew about Emma for that reason as well. We said Pride and Prejudice, which most people know, Sense and Sensibility. And the other one that I thought of was Persuasion. Yeah, we don't know. We got two. Yeah, we got two. Good job um, to Jeff and Neil. The... The correct answers are Sense and Sensibility, Pride and Prejudice, Mansfield Park, Emma, Persuasion, and Northanger Abbey. I have not heard of those other two. I've never heard of Northanger Abbey. Yeah, Northanger Abbey is probably the least well-known, and I think it was actually the last book that Jane Austen wrote. All right, so um, round two, question five, Kim. Chloe Kim is an American snowboarder and two-time Olympic gold medalist. She is a six-time X Games gold medalist and the first woman to win two gold medals in snowboarding at the Winter Youth Olympics. She is the World Olympic Youth Olympic and X Games champion in the halfpipe and the first to win the title at all four major events. In March 2022, after her success at the Beijing Winter Olympics, she was added as a playable character in which popular video game series? We are locked in over here. Feel free to take it away. Well, as far as I know, in 2022, there is only two video games, Minecraft and Fortnite. And I don't think that she's a blocky character in Minecraft. So I think we can lock in with uh, Fortnite. Uh, yes, that did ring a bell when you said it. And Jeff? Yeah, we uh, we agree. We thought uh, what games have come out or could be updated in the last year. And we said Fortnite. Points to both teams. It is Fortnite. Okay, it looks like uh, Team $4.5 million men picking up 40 points, bringing their total to 151 after five. And uh, Team .001 million men picking up 50 points, bringing their total to 174. Great. So moving forward, round two, question six, Paris. This largest square in Paris was originally called the Place de Louis XV, when a large statue of the king was placed there in 1763. In 1792, during the French Revolution, the statue was removed and replaced with another called Liberté, and it became known as the Place de la, Re de la Revolution. A guillotine was placed in the square, and 1,119 people were beheaded there, including Louis XVI and Marie Antoinette. It was known as several other names until 1830 when it was renamed this. 
what is the name of this famous Parisian landmark? I wonder if Jermaine Clement and Brett McKenzie have ever been there. The Hippopotamus. Um, yeah, it's got to be that for that clue. Yeah, let's lock, it. Let's right. lock in with that. Okay. Yeah. We're locked in. Do you have any idea, Pete? Flight of the Concorde? Yeah, that is that is the the uh, the show. So I mean, should we Probably just call it Concord? Concord? Concord yeah. Square. Concord Con- Square. Concord Octagon. <laughs> that sounds like a, some sort of UFC arena. Yeah. Oh, I know. That's this. Yeah. Oh, we'll we'll lock in with Concord. Yeah, I mean, we had the same thought. Jeff wrote down Concord. Uh, that the great clue there was Flight of the Concord. So it's hopefully got to be named Concord. That's what we said. Yeah. Only fear is it's Concord of something, but we just said Concord. Yeah. So I'm going to give points to both teams. It's Place de la Con- Concorde. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Good job, like, picking up that reference. Um, it's one of those things that either you know Flight of the Concords or you don't. So, um so, yeah, good, good getting. I'm David Bowie. If you know the, sh- <laughs> if you know the show, it'll make sense. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, round two, question seven. There are seven basic musical notes, namely do, re, mi, fa, so, la, and ti. A ladybug commonly has seven spots. Most mammals' necks have seven bones. The number of rows in the periodic table is seven. The neutral pH value that lies between acidity and alkalinity is seven. Seven has many significance. There are seven seas, seven days of the week, seven wonders of the world, and seven deadly sins. What are the seven celestial objects in our solar system that can be seen with the naked eye? Name five of them for full points and all seven for a for a bonus five points. I think so. So far we've locked in with, we're pretty sure it's the sun, the moon, um, Mars and Venus. And now we're debating between Mercury and I think Saturn. I think Saturn is good. I think I've seen Saturn before. Yeah. I think Saturn's a good choice. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, and let's we're say, well, hold on. So we got, Sun, Moon, mm-hmm. Mars, Venus, Saturn, right? Yep. Well, I mean, it's not going to hurt us. Let's just say Jupiter and Mercury. Yeah. That's it. Those are our yeah. seven. Cool. Those are our seven. Um, for points, we also said Sun, Moon, Venus, Mars, and then we said Jupiter. And then uh, we just guessed uh, for the extra two, we said uh, Mercury and Saturn. Full points for both teams, um, including the bonus. You guys got all seven. Sun, Moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn are the seven celestial objects in our solar system that can be seen with the naked eye. Was that a bonus one or five? Five. It was one for y'all. 10 for us. (laughs) It was a makeup question. Okay. Okay. I can play by those rules. So, uh, round two, question eight, Archer. Archer is an American adult animated sitcom created by Adam Reed for FX. 
The show follows the exploits of eight dysfunctional secret agents and supporting staff of the International Secret Intelligence Service, or ISIS. The group follows the exploits of Sterling Archer, the show's narcissistic womanizing protagonist, and his co-workers, including his mother, Mallory Archer, and his love interest and baby mama, Lana Kane. What Emmy award-winning American actress, comedian, director, and talk show host voices Lana Kane? And for five bonus points, what is the name of Lana and Archer's daughter? Okay, Jeff, I know the actress. Uh, I don't watch Archer, but I, I'm almost positive this is who it would be. She's and, a great guess. And we'll just guess on the, the daughter then. All right, Pate, are you a big Archer person? I am not. Oh. Well, I do happen to know that this is a uh, former host of The Soup, Aisha Taylor. Uh, 99% sure. I have no idea about the name of the daughter. Let's go with the name of uh, H. John Benjamin's other daughter and say Tina. Um, so we, um, Matt, I think added an extra A in the last name there, but I think he should get points for it. We said Aisha Tyler, and uh, for the daughter, uh, we said Millicent. So it is Aisha Tyler. And so I agree points for both teams. And uh, for the bonus, her name is Abby Jean. Oh, okay. Abby Jean Kane Archer. Abby Jean Kane Archer. Yeah, it is. For uh, number nine is Michael. So in the television series, The Office, Michael Scott, played by Steve Carell, is the regional manager of the Scranton branch of the paper company Dunder Mifflin, LLC. He has his fair share of romantic relations, one of which was Carol, Michael's real estate agent turned girlfriend, played by real-life wife Nancy Walls Carell. In season three of The Office, Michael Scott publicly proposes marriage to Carol on what Festival of Lights holiday celebrated by more than a billion people worldwide? Uh, We can lock in, Neil and I, you know, we're in that same kind of sphere together, so... We're, you're going to propose to me in the sphere of lights? No, no, no. It's 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 a joke from the office. Oh, okay. Oh, I trust you because I have no idea. So let's lock in. Oh, it is Diwali. He does a delightful Adam Sandler parody at the end about Diwali. Oh, okay. Put on your saris. It's time for a Diwali, I believe. And we're locked in. And uh, we agree. Uh, very insensitively called the Hindu Halloween. Uh, we said Diwali. Points for both teams. Great reference, Matt. Um, yes, Diwali. It's a festival of lights and one of the major festivals celebrated by Hindus, Jains, and Sikhs in India. It's a five-day celebration that's observed every year in early autumn after the conclusion of the summer harvest. And it coincides with a new moon and it's deemed the darkest night of the Hindu loony, loony solar calendar. Mm. Yes, Diwali. And that's a great episode of The Mm -hmm. Office. All right. So um, last question of regulation. Uh, Question 10. Georgia. Georgia, where I live, is the eighth most populous state in the U.S. and the fourth state to join the union and is ripe with historical significance. 
It is the home of former President Jimmy Carter. It was the headquarters of the civil rights movement and home to famous civil rights leaders like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Congressman John Lewis, and the UN Ambassador Andrew Young. It's also the home of many Fortune 500 companies, including Coca-Cola, UPS, Home Depot, and Aflac. In 1793, it was also the home to an invention that revolutionized a major industry in the United States, but also led to the growth of slavery in the American South. This invention is credited with being an inadvertent contributing factor to the outbreak of the American Civil War. What is the invention? And for five bonus points, who invented it? This we is the are... only thing I ever learned in well, grade school. Oh, don't so worry. I got it. Yeah. Uh, Pete, what is this? It's the Cotton Gin and uh, Eli Whitley. Mm-hmm. And we said uh, Eli Whitney and the Cotton Gin. Points for both teams. It is the Cotton Gin and Eli Whitney. Um, that was one of these, this was one of those questions that I wasn't sure was very regionally based or something that folks across the U.S. learned. No, it's something that you learn in grade school and can remember for the rest of your life for some reason. <laughs> Everybody knows that. <laughs> it's just something that you learn. What Good a, job. What an exciting second half of the second round. Uh, both teams picking up full points, including bonuses on every question, each getting 60 points, meaning that the $4.5 million men uh, picking up 60, bringing their total to 211 wow. going into the final round. And the $0.001 million men picking up 60 as well, bringing their total to 234. So it's still anyone's game. What are our final round categories, Anna? Final round categories, Enterprise, Discovery, Voyager, Defiant, and Cerritos. All the wagers are now locked in. And just for the listeners at home, uh, both teams have set their phasers to all in. So that's what we're doing. Uh, 30 points down for every question. So let's hear those questions. Okay. Number one, Enterprise. Sure, they want you to think they're a benevolent tech company with a charismatic, bald yoga practicing leader, but really they want to hijack your food production machine, kill all your mutant vegetable animal hybrid life forms and make a profit. The clue is in the name, people. Flip that logo around and you have the name of this evil company from Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Number two, Discovery. The Discovery Channel began broadcasting in 1985 and focused on documentary television programming, focused primarily on popular science, technology, and history. Since the 2010s, it has expanded into reality television and pseudoscientific entertainment. One of its most popular shows of all time, was this science entertainment television program. The show's original hosts were special effects experts who used elements of the scientific method to test the validity of rumors, myths, and movie scenes. What was the name of this popular series? Number three, Voyager. The Voyager program is an American scientific program that employs two robotic interstellar probes, Voyager 1 and Voyager 2. 
on launch, Voyager 1 was to go to Jupiter and Saturn and Voyager 2 to Uranus and Neptune, to both to gather scientific data to transmit back to Earth. Twelve years after launch, both Voyager probes had completed their primary mission. So the mission evolved and the Voyager interstellar mission began. The main objective of the VIM or Voyager interstellar mission mission is to extend the exploration of the solar system beyond the outer planets to the outer limit and if possible, even beyond. As of today, the Voyagers are still in operation past the outer boundary of the heliosphere in interstellar space. They literally have gone where no one has gone before. As of today, within a year, how long have both probes been in operation? Number four, Defiant. He was an openly gay African-American leader in social movements for civil rights, economic justice, nonviolence, and gay rights. He challenged the labor union movement to desegregate. He helped leaders like Dr. King and Rosa Parks organize the Montgomery bus boycott and taught them the principles of nonviolence that he learned from Gandhi's teachings. He later served as one of the primary organizers for the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom, where Dr. King gave his I Have a Dream speech. He organized the Freedom Rides through the South to challenge segregation, organized the Southern Christian Leadership Conference to strengthen Martin Luther King's leadership, and bring church leaders together to fight for civil and economic rights throughout the South. During the 70s and 80s, he aided refugees from around the world, escaping war and poverty. In the last years of his life, he fought for LGBTQ rights and acceptance. Who was this often forgotten, unsung hero? who helped change history. And number five, Cerritos. Cerritos, California is a city in Los Angeles County, California, and is one of several cities that constitute the gateway cities of Southeast Los Angeles County. As of 2020, its population was 49,578. What does Cerritos mean in Spanish? And are you able to spell that just for the listeners and ourselves? Sure. Cerritos is C-E-R-R-I-T-O-S. And it, it's the name of the ship in Lower Decks. Okay. Cool. We will go over these and be back with our answers. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the Chart Topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia Every single week, movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults. It doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? 
Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. Thing done weird things. Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Looks like all the teams are now locked in. So uh, we'll go back to Anna and uh, feel free just to give a, a little condensed version of what we're looking for and we'll give our answers and see how this shakes out. Great. So number one, Enterprise, uh, they want to think that they want you to think they're a benevolent tech company. But what is the name of the evil company from the cloudy from cloudy with a chance of meatballs? Uh, Jeff, did you have an idea on this one or? Uh... Not really. We were trying to figure it out. It, no. um, I don't remember the movie. I think I maybe have seen it once. Um, we we just initially heard bald, benevolent uh, CEO or whatever. We thought it was Amazon backwards. So we said it was Nozama. Back, Amazon backwards. That's our guess. Evil backwards is live. So since they're an evil company, we said live corp. And you guys got the clue. It is live corp. Wow. Don't know how I missed that. Mm-hmm. Like in the movie, I don't know how I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> so number two, Discovery. Uh, the Discovery Channel has been broadcasting since 1985. And it's focused or, or primarily was focused on documentary television programming. Um, what I want to know is what one of its most popular shows of all time was, which was a science fiction or science entertainment television program um, whose hosts were special effects experts who used elements of the scientific method to test the validity of rumors, myths, movie scenes, internet videos, and news stories. What was the name of the popular series? Um, Yeah, we said uh, this had to be, you know, the uh, Mythbusters. Yep. Who are you going to call Mythbusters? We said Mythbusters. That's right. Points to both teams. It's Mythbusters. One of the greatest television shows in history. I, I learned so much from that show. I just loved it. Mm-hmm. So number three, Voyager. Um, basically, you know, the two sci- the two probes that were launched, Voyager 1 and Voyager 2, They've been out in space. They've literally gone where no one has gone before. And what I want to know is, as of today, within a year, how long have the Voyager probes been in operation? Well, we figured it's the answer to life, liberty, and no, that's not even right. Everything. Uh, We just guessed 42. Well, several great things happened in 1977. They launched the Voyager probes, and I was also born. So it's 45 years. Oh, no. Oh, no. They are correct. I was also <laughs> born in 1977. And so, yes, they've been in operation for 45 years. Oh. 
So close. Uh, number four, I want to know who was the openly gay African-American leader in social movements for civil rights, economic justice, nonviolence, and LGBTQ rights. Um, he, he made major impacts in our society and in history, and he is um, an often forgotten unsung hero who helped change the world. Do you guys have any idea who this is? So I was doing some research uh, a while back um, for a question. I can't remember the first name um, at all, but I believe the person's last name is Rustin. So that's what we locked in with was Rustin. Yeah, unfortunately, he was forgotten by us as well. Um, we had no idea, but it sounds like an amazing person. So we can't wait to learn more. Neil and Jeff got it. It is Bayard Rustin. Nice wow. job, Neil. And oh, quite Bayard. frankly, okay. none of, I don't think the civil rights movement would have been as successful um, if without him. Same thing with the LGBTQ movement, um, because really he was integral in building that movement, particularly in the 1980s. So. I mean, just the before. resume you listed was so impressive. So, yeah, I think you're completely right. So I hope everybody um, that's listening will go back and look up who Bayard Rustin is and learn about him because he's he was amazing. So number five, Cerritos. Cerritos, California is a city in Los Angeles County, California. It's one of several cities that constitute the gateway cities of southeast Los Angeles County. Um, what does Cerritos mean in Spanish? Yeah, took a guess here. Uh, figured Ito uh, meant little. And what is there little of uh, in that area? We said that maybe that a bunch of little hills. Seems like you guys know your stuff because I'm almost 100% sure that's little hills. It is little hills. Well, after doing the math... Uh, it was a, a crazy final here with great questions, big wagers. And uh, from our math here, it looks like team point zero zero one million dollar men only picking up 30 points, bringing their total to 264. But picking up 60 points, bringing their total to 301, breaking the 300 point barrier are the four point five million dollar men. And you are today's cream of the crop. But the cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. They picked up ninety, Neil. But what did I uh, what did I say? 60? You are correct. You were they, the math is still correct. They did get three hundred and one. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, you have to show your work, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations, guys. Uh, hey. You were so afraid since we were leading from the get go that you didn't have it, but uh, it always comes down to the final. It's anybody's game. So yeah, great job. Uh, three hundred one points. What a great score. Um, let's start with Anna. Just wonderful questions, uh, all, you know, wide ranging all over the board, different topics and categories. So we appreciate you putting it together. Um, and we loved having you here. Any, anyone you'd like to shout out any, uh, final words, the floor is yours. Yeah. I just want to say, um, first and foremost, this has been amazing. Um, so thank you guys for having me here. I also want to give a shout out to folks in my polycule, my partners and metamors for, uh, play testing this game and other folks from uh, my friends, Sean and Mallory and Chris, who, uh, who sat through um, 
me tweaking this game. Um, and so I, I just want to give a shout out to those folks and also to uh, my roommates, Sammy and Danny, who were so quiet and actually <laughs> left without me even noticing that they left. So shout out to them for being quiet during this recording. Well, thank you to all of them and to you for being here today. And uh, Pate, uh, so nice to uh, have you on the show. Uh, as we said, we want to have you on, have you on uh, for a long time. Uh, and uh, we appreciate you uh, not only uh, being an inspiration to us, but also just being uh, just a great guy and a, a wonderful listener of our show. So uh, the floor is yours. Uh, any words from you as well? Uh, first off, Anna, great, it was a great written game. The clues were very helpful at times to come into things we didn't have a clue about, but you did a wonderful job there. So, uh, and I thank you all for your great content and all you produce out and stuff. Uh, you know, the one thing I would like to tell people is if you think there may be a problem, don't think it's just indigestion because uh, apparently I thought it was indigestion the first time and the heart attack I had last year was probably my second heart attack. Uh, but, you know, you never know really what's going wrong and don't say, I, I, I don't want to feel stupid going to the doctor and it's nothing. From personal experience, I wish I'd gone to the doctor over nothing and not ended up like I've gotten. But, uh, you know, my life is on batteries 24-7 right now. And so I do get a heart transplant at some point, which I hope is a few years down the road. But, you know, go to the doctor. Don't Don't feel that, you know, well, the doctor belittled me. Okay, the doctor belittled you and you found out it was nothing. That's good, you know. If I'd gone, I wouldn't be where I'm, you know, in the circumstance that I am now. Uh, like I said, I do appreciate you all, you know, shouting out to me while I was in the hospital recovering. And, uh, you know, we all are going to have bad days. Nobody's days are perfect. Even the most smiley, happy person has bad days and gets down. But we got to remember that every day above the grass is better than any day below the grass. So, once again, thank you all for a great show and great content because... You all help pass time at work, in the car, wherever, you know, I listen to it or whatever. So I do appreciate you all's effort because I know you all invest many hours into doing this for our entertainment. And if you're able to give them a buck or two, throw it to them. You know, it's just a way of saying thank you for, you know, their effort. You know, let them know you appreciate it. You know, if there's other podcasts you listen to and you can afford a dollar, show them that you appreciate what they're doing, you know. They're not asking you for it. They're going to produce it other anyway. But, you know, just a little bit of help just to say thank you. You know, that gesture goes a long way. It's not, you know, a dollar isn't much, you think. But, you know, if 20 people give a dollar, there's 20 more dollars than they had, you know, last month. Well, thank you, uh, Pate, for all of those uh, wonderful words. Um, That's the best ad read we've ever had. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for that. Well said. There's nothing, you know, much else that we can add to that uh, that's going to top it. So thank you for uh, for being here. Thank you, Anna, for writing today's game. Uh, for Ken, Jeff, Matt, Pate, and Anna, my name is Neil, and that was Triviality. I will add, uh, consider being an organ donor. Oh, that too. Yes. Very, consider being an organ donor. Yes, if you can. I'm not an expert in bones. Never watched it. <laughs> like that, Neil. Uh, <laughs> I did enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs>